بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So dear brothers and sisters nice to be in your midst today uh, usually what I would like to uh, cover and the notes that I have uh, regarding student life and how to get the most out of it usually takes just over an hour. Uh, since we don't have that kind of luxury today, I'll cover what I think are some of the main points and then I'll open it up to questions so that um, we fill in any gaps that may remain uh, by uh, and through your questions and answers, inshallah. So if that's okay, we'll start now, inshallah. Now, um, I'm assuming that people here are going to be at different levels. Uh, in terms of first year, second year, maybe third year, some people are very near to finishing and some people are probably starting off. So we're all at different stages of our journey and the way the world works, uh, the way the, the system of Allah works in this world is that aside from very few instances, in most instances we can actually at least make a situation better if we can't completely sort it out. So if we've really messed up on something and we've really corrupted something or we have not done what we're supposed to do and we've wasted a lot of time, there's always uh, time to make amends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made that a system where you can make an effort and you can still make amends and you can still turn the course of your life and get something out of it. That's something we definitely need to know because what happens is that when we do something wrong, clearly we've done something wrong because of maybe negligence, because of laziness, because we're not interested, because of whatever the case is. Um, or we just, we could have done better and we didn't because we didn't know how to make it better, how to enhance ourselves. Um, we're, all, we're in Cambridge University, so I'm assuming that everybody's here a very hard worker, right? Um, I don't know if that's just a stereotype or that's a reality or whatever it is, but that's, I'm gonna work on that assumption. So now it's just about enhancing it, inshallah. And the one thing, the wonderful thing is that Allah has made us very flexible so that we can actually change and become much better people, right? And get the most out of it. So these are, for a lot of people, for the majority of us, uh, usually the, this teenage years, late teenage years, are uh, our probably most productive time. And productive in the sense that what we do around this time is what's going to be projected for a lot of our immediate future if not for a long time in our future. Uh, it's what we do here, the way we set ourselves up. So it, some people, sometimes they've spent their three, four years at university studying a dead-end course that they get bored of afterwards. I mean, I don't want to mention, I don't want to, I, I don't want to uh, discourage anybody, but there are certain courses, you know, I've met the people after they're 30 and 35 and they're just not interested in that topic and, and then they've gone into a different vocation and they regret what they've been doing. Okay, so um, what's really important here is that you have to pick a topic that you really think is going to be uh, what you want to do for a very long time in your life. Otherwise, why, why do it, right? Uh, I mean, maybe not here, but in a lot of other places, people come to university to escape home, right? Or the rigors of um, home as such, the strictures of home and get uh, free time and um, enjoyment and so on. So that's usually with party schools, they'll probably choose a school like that as well. I mean, I'm assuming people aren't going to be like that here. But one of the things that 
is a problem for pretty much everybody, especially in this last 10 to 15 years, is basically time management has just become a lot more difficult. We, people have already had, always had problems with time management. That, that, that's a perennial issue that people have been dealing with for, for uh, since probably human beings, right? Uh, I don't know if there was ever a nation that was so productive and you know, nobody ever wasted any time. However, the kind of uh, access we've been given to wasting your time, because before 100 years ago, or let's just say two, 300 years ago, if you want, and for the vast history, if you wanted to waste your time, you would sit at home and just do nothing, or just sit with friends and do nothing. Or if you wanted some kind of entertainment, you'd have to actually go out and look for it in the village somewhere, or in the city somewhere. There's not always going to be like some clown jester, you know, d doing something on the corner of the street or something like that, right? If you wanted to commit some haram, you'd really have to look for it. Whereas right now, you can waste your time all that you want, and then you know you're regretting it even halfway through, but you still do it because the next video is really cool. Right, the next reel is just amazing and it just knows your brain and knows how you function and knows what you enjoy. So that, that's, that's how it is. We've never had a distracted generation like that. We've never had a distracted generation that is challenged by distraction the way we are today. And, and that's scientific, I mean that's obvious to anybody. We also have not had a generation, I think, that you could say has ever had so much vanity people who've looked at themselves as much as people look at themselves today. What I mean by look at ourselves, I mean in terms of how we look. Uh, in history, do you think just, just you know, maybe 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago even, do you think people looked at themselves so many times? Right? I don't think so. Because you'd have to go and look at a mirror, unless you carried one, you know, around with you all the time. People didn't do that all the time. But now, mashallah, multiple times a day, you know, I just check it up on my phone, right? So the concern with oneself, right? Rather than concern with, concern with how we look and things like that. It, these are major challenges. And all of that comes, uh, all of that is actually going to be an issue in terms of productivity or what we really want in life. Because all of these things, they're not as beneficial as they should be. Time management is very, very important. That is probably the biggest thing that everybody is struggling with, time management. Now, what is that you might, mashallah, get your, you might be good enough that you actually do get in your assignments in on time. Like, you, you, you're savvy enough to do that. But are you maximizing your potential of what you could be in your course? Right? Are you, are you actually going to get something out of it and, and really function well and pick up as much as you can so you can be formidable afterwards in your field? So that's the question. What Muslims need today, what the Muslim Ummah needs today, is people at the top of their game. So that we can actually make a difference. Because we have, what is it, about 4 million or maybe even more now, right? Million Muslims in this country. But we're not taken as seriously as we should be. Even though in various different vocations. Uh, that, that, that has not been yet fully achieved. Alhamdulillah, it's way better and much better. And it's very optimistic compared to what it was about 20 years ago. However, it needs to be. A lot more, and the way we do that is uh, where our hopes are in you, right? The generation that is studying uh, to be on the top of their game that can actually help to make policy changes in everything that's going on. That's why you're in various different fields. So the the way uh, the, the the way we need to understand is that we've got a wonderful faith. We want to share it with people, and the way we want to share it is organically, rather than just having to go out to do that. 
go out to invite people. We're supposed to do it organically in every field that we're in, that wherever we are, we're there to provide a different opinion, a better opinion, inshallah, a cool breeze through the door. The only way you can do that is if you're taken seriously. If you're not taken seriously, nobody's going to listen to you. People look at value. It doesn't matter what you're saying. There's very few people who look at what people are actually saying rather than who's saying it. Right? So uh, sometimes you just have to be up there to be able to be taken seriously. So there's a, uh, I used to live in another city in America for about eight years, and the local university there was actually considered the parties used to start on Thursday night. So usually it's Saturday and Sunday, that, but there, or Friday and Saturdays rather, there it used to start on Thursday night and Friday and Saturday and then Sunday. Right? So some schools are like that, uh, where they provide. Now, not every school is like that. However, there are still a lot of ways to, um, uh, to waste your time. So there's many, many different clubs and societies and things that you can take part in. But I think what we need to do is we need to have a goal in mind. And the best thing to do is to have a five, 10, and a 20-year goal in mind. Even if it's a bit of a, uh, maybe an ambiguous goal, but at least you've got a goal. If somebody doesn't have a goal of what they want to, where they want to be in five years, except that I just want to complete this course. We need to know where we want to go after we complete here. So in five years, where do I want to be? And then in 10 years, where do I want to be? Uh, studies on the human being shows that human beings actually change every 10 years. The, whole, the way the mind works and the, the way the mind is wired literally is, is very uh, adjustable and it actually changes. So where do I want to be in 5 and 10 and hopefully 20 years? Right? So we want to make sure that we, um, we aim correctly because if you don't have an aim in life except just finishing the course, then how does your case project your life and how does it inform your life? That's going to be very, very important. For us, um, the, the, what happens when you're studying is that sometimes it just gets a bit overwhelming, especially if you're in a very, um, if you're very serious. It can get very, very, uh, very, very uh, time-consuming. Even if you're not wasting much time, or we are, we we waste a lot of time. But besides that, there's a lot of demands. Right? There's a lot of demands to do multiple things. Some people can't deal with it, so. We also need to make sure that our health stays right because our health is what carries us. And if our health, get, uh, if our health gets affected, then everything just breaks down and we can't think properly. Now, in terms of that, let's not do what people do, right? Let's not do what other people do to uh, uh, unhealthy things. I've just been to a country recently in Asia and 60% of the drinks that are sold there in any shop or store are energy drinks. Energy drinks is the way to go in that country. There's just 10, 15 different types of energy drinks. Everybody's making them, including you know, the, the famous ones. 60 to 70% of the drinks, offerings are all energy drinks and nobody cares. It's all taurine or whatever it is that they add to that kind of stuff. Red Bull is not for students. Right? That, that's not useful. If you want something like that, that helps you concentrate, that helps you stay awake. There are a lot of, especially nowadays, there's a lot of natural options for that, right? There are, L-theanine is actually a very good thing. L-theanine, it's a supplement. You can buy it online and that's supposed to be really good for you to, to help you focus. And there's multiple other things as well. There are these, what they call brain hackers and things like that made up of natural ingredients, what they call nootropics or something like that. And uh, they're very good. You know, you can try those out. Rather than this junky stuff on the, you know, on the streets, Go and get something serious if you do have issues. Consult with a naturopath. Uh, 
because if you have good health while you're studying, it really helps you be productive. Um, one thing that we have to be careful of is that when we come into an environment where all sorts of people are there, then people come from all sorts of different forms of uh, walks of life and from various different faith backgrounds or no faith backgrounds and so on and so forth. And one of the things that people, that there's a lot of people trying to escape the rigors of life or the strictures of studying or the difficulties. So alcohol is, or drugs, alcohol and drugs, they, uh, they're there. Your family is not around, you're not with your family, you don't have that, you don't have that uh, protective surrounding environment. So then the shaitan takes a lot of people away. I mean, I know individuals who are, mashallah, very solid. They were very focused. They hardly did any major, you know, they didn't do any of these major blunders. But then they went to university, they got into music, uh, which is the lightest of it all, probably, you know. And then they got into much worse stuff and drinking and things like that. And then when you, when you speak, it's like, yeah, it was just a downward trajectory. Now, you have to remember one thing about alcohol. While it may seem like an escape for some people because somebody else tells you that's what they do, Allah Ta'ala protects us. But uh, alcohol is part of the socialization process today. You can't really socialize, which really is debilitating for Muslims because if there's a socializing going on somewhere, for, for Muslims that's very difficult because then there's always alcohol. They don't always cater for other things. And then you feel obliged to be part of that scene. And then after that, you get caught up. You may avoid it once or twice or three times, but eventually the taboo goes down and then you get into it. One thing we have to remember about alcohol, if you're serious about your deen, alcohol is really, really, uh, according to what the ulama have written from their experiences with alcohol, is that alcohol for a believer is so serious and so dangerous that it is something that would probably prevent a person from having the kalima on their deathbed. So they would be deprived of saying la ilaha illallah on their deathbed because of alcohol, even though they're believers. So it's something that you want to completely avoid. It's something you don't ever want to touch. Right? So when we die, we want to say that we never touch the stuff. Right? It is harmful. And uh, we need to come at it uh, from a perspective of it being unhealthy in that sense. Everybody knows that. But it's just an abandon. It's just an indulgence. It's just uh, an obsession with it that, uh, you know, that allows people to continue on it. Okay, so now another thing is that some people here, did any of you come from an Islamic school? You just went to Islamic school and then you came to this place. Any of you? Did any of you go to an Islamic school at all? No Islamic schools? Okay. One person, two, three people. So um, another thing is culture shock, right? Totally different. You know, some of you may have gone to just all boys, all girls schools and you come here and it's a mixed environment. All of that needs negotiating and that's very, very difficult uh, to negotiate. Uh, shaitan has steps. Shaitan never gets somebody into something haram straight away. There's always a step-by-step -step process, which Allah mentions in the Quran that وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Do not follow in the footsteps of the shaitan. What exactly is footsteps? So let's just imagine, there's a girl, she's been in, or a guy, been in just a single, uh, you know, uh, all girls, all, uh, all boys environment. First day they go to college. And so let's just take a, an innocent girl. Uh, she's, uh, there's a guy in the class who comes and says, Hi. She's never talked to a boy before in that sense. She's going to be like, I don't know how to say, what to say. And then maybe she might just ignore him. And then come a few days later, it gets getting a bit more comfortable. And then it's just like, hey, you know, your dress is really nice. You look really cool. 
Now, that's, that is something that uh, anybody praises us. Um, very, very difficult to resist praise. We love ourselves more than anybody else. The guy just might want one thing, but people don't know that. They don't realize that. They, they think it's genuine attention. And it is genuine attention for a different reason, I guess. Give it some more time and Allah protect. But there's a slippery slope. As soon as you return that smile, you've made a contact. And then it's God protects, goes all the way to uh, texting and then, and then it just carries on. And then there you go, you lose, your, you lose yourself. Right? And distraction as well. That's the biggest thing. Right? Because then you're worried about somebody else. You're in a relationship. So these are uh, a number of uh, issues that we have to worry about. Uh, I remember this cases of guys who are saying that they're doing dawah to sisters. Right? That's their justification for going and sitting with them as though there's nobody else to do dawah to. Um, when you're studying, you have to take good notes. Right? You have to take good notes. Uh, whatever method works for you, ask other people. Because obviously when you're studying, and good notes, I know chat GPT is around now, it makes life a lot easier. But if you want to be serious, you take good notes so that it just helps at exam time. Otherwise, you have to cram in exam times in a, and, and that just doesn't work like that. When, you're in, when your students, finance is a big issue. Oh, it's an issue for most people, unless you're from some very wealthy family and you've got credit cards, you know, platinum credit cards that yeah, there's no problem, right, uh, in your spending. Otherwise, this is a time when you're going to rack up debt. In fact, I would say most university students are going to come out of university with a massive debt on their head. Whether by design or whatever the case is, it's a massive issue. That's why when my son went through university, we, we, uh, we, alhamdulillah, he got a job which helped to pay for it, so he's debt-free. Right? And I think that might be very difficult, but you can actually, as I want to mention, you can actually avoid a, a, a veil of zakat. Because if you have to pay 9000 a year, that means you're in debt for 9000 That means you're in debt. We have a lot of zakat money. And mashallah, it's going to the poor, but a student is also poor if he's 9000 in debt. I mean, university is not a luxury. For some people, it's, uh, it's a necessity. Right? I'm not here to promote university because there's a lot of other ways to, to make things work in the world. Right? Don't just follow the sheep. If it's good for you, it's good for you. But for some people, it's not. There's other vocations that you can go into. But I just want to mention that there, are, there is zakat. If you've got wealthy family, uh, meaning extended relatives and others or friends, they're going to be giving their zakat money. If you can get your zakat money, if you can get enough zakat money to pay for your fees, I know that might not be easy, but if that is the possibility, then at least you come out debt-free. At least you don't have a burden on your head. And it, the, I know the repayment is getting more expensive, right? It is getting, and then there's interest. So there's a lot of issues related, which I don't want to go into. So be careful of your debt. The Prophet ﷺ said, moderation in spending is half of your livelihood, sorry. الاقتصاد في النفقة نصف المعيشة. What does that mean? So when you're moderate in your spending, that's, that will turn out to be half your livelihood in the sense that you don't have much control of what comes in. You may have like a certain stipend, certain amount, right? However, you definitely have control of what goes out to a certain degree. There may be some fixed costs, but then beyond that, you know, it's up to you. 
So rather than having a Starbucks coffee all the time, you can make one at home, or Costa, or whatever it is that's here. In university, because you're among so many, and you may have come from a very homogenous kind of background, lots of people that you know, they may be of very similar background to you, so you're kind of used to that. Now you come to university and, mashallah, there's all sorts of people here. So you have to have a lot of tolerance of others. Tolerance is very important, right? And for some people, you know, they may be exposed to people of other ideologies and other leanings and so on and so forth. So one has to have a lot of tolerance, but you must never lose your own principles. You stick to your principles, but you have tolerance for others in the way you deal with things. Avoid useless and detrimental debates. Some people get caught up in that. Some people get caught up in useless, detrimental debates. Alhamdulillah, we've just seen a near end to about 25 years of brain drain, right? Alhamdulillah. You can check that up. That's a different lecture I've got. I don't want to get into that right now. But literally for about 25 years, people wasted a lot of time behind whether madhabs were valid or not. Alhamdulillah. Now people accept it, right? It was just a big waste of time. Don't get fired up. Yes, you, you do need to take on a cause. So we're not saying don't be part of a cause or a movement that is a genuine movement, but make sure you pick that correctly, right? The youth are in the best position because they're the most, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're the most flexible and they, they have time and they've got, mashallah, that youth vigor. So that's fine, but just make sure what you pick is not going to be uh, an absolute uh, destruction and a waste of time when it finally recedes. The way they describe a fitna, you've heard the word fitna? Fitna means a, a trial, a challenge. So test comes to somebody in the form of a movement or something. It looks like a, a beautiful, attractive suitor. Okay? And so you get involved, you get heated up. Because uh, until you're about 27, 28, you, until the, the brain studies, I mean, you can read this stuff up online, but brain studies tell you that the risk part of the the risk taking part or mitigating part of the brain only develops when you're about 27 28 so if you're still 21 22 you're willing to take more risk and that's why your insurance is higher usually right they've done all the studies so it said it comes very attractive but then when it recedes it's like this old haggardly woman right and you're like what did i just spend my one or two years or three years fighting for so be very careful what you get involved in. I'm not saying don't get involved. We do need to get involved in good, you know, good movements that are to bring betterment to people here or around the world. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring relief to our brothers and sisters, right? Now, the other thing is, and this might sound a bit random, I'm just giving you notes because I want to finish this quickly, is uh, keep one policy is don't suffer in silence. There might be issues. You're having trouble with something, whether that be with your room or somebody else or your, your, your studies or your health or something. Don't suffer in silence. Go and get some help, preferably from the right people. Try to make some good friends that, are, that think alike, that can assist you in goodness and righteousness and piety as well and in doing good work. Remember, if you get friends who just like to have a laugh all the time, it's going to be very difficult. Right? For example, I once took a trip uh, from one country to three other countries by road. So it was a road trip. The three people that I had with me, uh, I had, we, had, we were four of us. So the three people that we had with me, they didn't, they, they didn't pray. They were all Muslims, but they didn't pray. They were not interested in prayer. We're going through 
This was in Africa. We're going through African villages. I'm the only one who wants to pray. I'm not saying I'm better than them. I'm just saying that I was concerned about my prayer. prayer. Now imagine you're trying to get through borders on time and you're in the middle of nowhere. Some of these places are dangerous and so on. South Africa to Malawi, right? Zimbabwe, Mozambique. And uh, yeah, it was a nice trip though. So now I'm the only one. So I have to stop everybody and say, I need to pray here. I need to do wudu. I need to find a place to pray. And the others aren't concerned. In fact, sometimes it's actually uh, like a burden on them. Like, come on, we need to get to the border. If we get stuck in Mozambique, you know, we are in trouble, possibly. So, wow, that was tough. Now, imagine if I had three other people and they were all into prayer. Do I have to worry about it too much? No, they're going to be also focused. They're going to find a place. They're going to tell us to stop. It's going to be a collective effort. It's very difficult if you're not with like-minded people for your values. And you'd be very successful and very productive if you can be with people of your values. It's very important. Otherwise, there's a moral uh, dissonance and that's a really tough place to be. You don't want to be stressed out. Right? So have no friends rather than bad friends. You understand? Solitude is better than bad company. Good company is better than solitude. That's what the poet says. I'm not saying in a poetic way though. Right? So don't suffer in silence. Get some help. A lot of people when they come to university, they start neglecting their family. They found this other big family, which is not their real family. It's just a temporary family. Don't, neg don't neglect your family. Ultimately, they have to be there for you. They are there for you. So don't, um, don't do that. You're the product of your friendship, and you are obviously still linked to your family. Perseverance. Take it a year at a time. That's what they say. Take it a year at a time. Because what happens is, if you look at four years or three years or whatever you're doing, it sounds like a big mammoth task. If you take it a year at a time, and you, you do well each year, then alhamdulillah, when you break things down, it's just easier. That's just the way you break things down. Whenever you see any task to be too big, break it down, and suddenly it starts becoming easier. That's how you deal with procrastination and multiple other things. We're not here to deal with that, but there's a number of good books on that subject. Hyperfocus, and there's multiple other books on that subject, how to, how to get focus. Inshallah, you'll pull, pull through, right? So take it a year at a time. Keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for steadfastness and assistance. Okay. You know when we talked about what you want to do in life? So be realistic. Because you might have some major pipe dreams. I'm going to become like this, I'm going to do this, and then it doesn't work out. And then your whole edifice and structure just basically breaks all around you and, then you. and then you get so despondent you don't do anything. There's no point of that. So be optimistic, but be realistic. Be realistic. You might not get a 50,000 job straight away after university. It might be 25,000, right? So be realistic and uh, inshallah, it'll be, it'll be very good, you know? Be realistic. Talk to other people in your field. I mean, you know all of this. Talk to other people in your field. See how they've done in their careers, in their path, in their occupation. I do want to mention something that I mentioned the word career. That in Islam, we don't have careers. There are no careers. What I mean by career is something you give everything to. Because then you've made that the point of your life. Why would you give everything to something? Your ultimate goal is paradise. Yes, you can still give everything to this to make, uh, to make good for yourself and for other people. But it's not the end all. It's still for a higher purpose. So whatever you consider your occupation, right? Whatever you're studying and you consider your occupation, it has to be fitting into the bigger purpose, which is 
that I'm not just doing this selfishly for myself. Now think about this. There's a guy who's, there's two people. They are both high achievers. But one person is doing it for himself because he wants a good house in a particular area of London. He wants a particular type of car, right? Whereas the other guy, his more focus is, I want to really be productive. I want to really be beneficial. I want to leave a legacy. So they both study, they both get good marks, but which one is going to be better off in the long run? Do you think the guy who has uh, these higher ideals and he wants to be just more productive and help people, do you think he can't have a good car? You think he can't have a good house? If he studied the same, same job, uh, you know, same kind of uh, field that he's in, he could get the same kind of job, but that's not the end all for him. And I've just heard too many people show off about where they are. So I was, in a, I was in a meeting, I was being consulted about, um, it was during COVID times, I was being consulted about something of a particular field, right? A government-related field, one of the, uh, um, what do you call it, civil, civil, it was a civil service, um, civil service, one of the civil services. So most of the guys there were in their, you know, uh, on their lower ends, in the sense that lower mid-range, and then one of the guys was, I don't know, what do you call those higher bands or something? Grade something, yeah, grade five, six or whatever. So he made it a point to tell everybody that, right? Now the thing is, he made it a point to tell everybody, which if he's telling people just so that they might listen up to him or something, I can, but it was nothing like that. It was just like, I've achieved this. Just to say, I've achieved this. I mean, that, so what? That's good for you then. Why is it good for me that you've achieved that? Right, okay, I'm, I'm happy that you've achieved it, but what, what else is it? But if you're, trying, if you're asserting your position just so you can help people, okay, then that's fine, right? I, I'll get a call from people and they'll say, I've, you know, I'm a medical doctor from you know, Pakistan, or I'm this or that. I don't need to know that. I'm just going to answer your talaq question. makes no difference that you're a, you're, you're a doctor. Because then I asked them the question. It's not about medicine. It's actually about talaq. I said, like, why do I need to know you're a doctor? Doctors don't give different... Divorces, right? So you don't want to show off. And the reason, you're, the reason why people are led to this is because they've made that their end all. This is their achievement. Because we come from certain cultures and backgrounds where that is the big thing. You're, 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 everybody in your family is a doctor or they're all whatever it is. And you must do the same thing. It's just a bad way to look at it. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying do it, but for a bigger motive, a greater motive. I'm doing this for paradise. I'm doing this so that I can assist people. I can make a difference to, to humanity. I can assist people. All right? Then you're still a great doctor. You're still a great scientist. You're still a great engineer. You're still a you know, great, uh, you know, uh, with breakthroughs in AI or whatever it is. But you're, you're, that, that's not like your end all. Because now if that changes tomorrow, what are you going to do? Right? So it needs to be for the sake of Allah. That's sincerity. And you will see that if you do that, because you are doing it for the sake of Allah and for a higher motive, there's going to be more assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We as Muslims, we believe in tawfiq, a concept, which means when Allah supports a person, gives them a helping hand. With others, he just abandons, he lets them do what they want to do. So they're at their own disposal, right? They're at their own devices. Whereas with Allah, when he supports somebody, there's going to be things which are facilitated. Having that higher goal to do something for Allah, Allah just opens up the path because inshallah, that's fi sabidillah. That's a form of 
being in the path of Allah. All of my studies, well, I'm not studying hadith here, I'm not studying tafsir, right? But I'm studying this subject because genuinely I want to help people. So I've got a friend, he did a medical degree. But his whole purpose from the beginning was that he's going to do a medical degree to go and help people around the world. So then he did a specific specialization on tropical medicine because he thought that's where, you know, that, that's going to be very useful for him because Muslims are in those kind of countries. So that just shows, so that gives you barakah, that gives you blessing. You're not doing it just for yourself, you're doing it for others. And studies show that when you're doing things for others, you get a lot more satisfaction yourself rather than just selfishness. Okay, I've belabored this point a bit because I think this is probably the crux of what I'm going to say. Is you're here for only a few years and then you're going to get what you can, you're going to get. You can enjoy life, right? But have a higher motive and everything else will come. Everything else will come, right? And this is in every field. If you're a good reciter of the Quran, let's just take that example, a good reciter of the Quran, and you're leading prayer. Now, we're supposed to be focused on Allah, but I'm focused on the people behind me that they're going to really enjoy this, man. He's a good reciter. They're, they're going to probably be moving around in prayer because of the way I read. I can't see them, right? I put, put a mirror in front. That's just absolutely silly. If I've got a good voice and if I read well and if I do it for Allah, aren't people still going to enjoy it? Yes, they will because I'm still doing the same thing, but my focus is no longer there. My focus is there. So really correct our intentions. And find a way. That's why we shouldn't be telling our, teacher, uh, our students, uh, sorry, our children, right? Young brothers and sisters, you know, they say, who do you want to be? You want to be a big doctor. doctor right? um, You want to be a big engineer, you want to be a big this. No, you want to become an influence, influencer, not those ones, right? You're going to change, you're going to help people. I think that's what we should give that holistic look to our children. Look, your job is that you're going to be really, really a productive and a helpful individual when you grow up. We figure out how, but that's what you're going to be. Let's not tie them into like, you're going to just do this or you're going to do that. And then they have to do that even if they hate the subject. Right? So don't perpetrate that same kind of abuse on your own children if, that was, if, that, if, you, were, if you were victim to that. Because I've come across too many students who don't want to do the field that they're parents are putting them into or uh, blackmailing them into or they're going to kill themselves if they don't if you don't do it it goes really bad right maybe not with you guys but you know maintain your religion and principles always i think the one of the things that we need to do is that when you're not in an environment of deen and religion it, your faith takes a hit so i think one one way to deal with this is just check your imani level Right? There's, a, there's a certain meter that you can get to check your Imani level. Right? It's not a physical meter, it's just in your mind. Okay? So where is my Iman right now? Uh, I mean, you can easily tell that in Ramadan, doesn't your Iman go like 7 or 8 out of 10? And then at other times like 5 out of 10. And sometimes, God forbid, it falls to 2 out of 10. Right? So always be checking our Imani level every day and then do something about it. Because if we never, we'll just get so comfortable at 2 out of 10 or 1 out of 10 just scraping it I just pray Jumu'ah right? that's a problem so always keep the Imani meter in mind to check out where we are each time and do some so in that regard I would just leave you with a dhikr regimen 
Uh, very simple stuff. will take about 15-20 minutes of your time for each day, but at least it will maintain our Iman level. Because of that, the sincerity in what we're doing will increase, right? Because uh, the world takes, consumes us otherwise. And we can constantly be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He'll assist us in what we're studying and what we're doing. So very simply, you can just do a hundred or even fifty. Hundred istighfar every morning and evening. Astaghfirullah. Just that much, which means, oh Allah, forgive me. So all the little sins or any issues I've, uh, I've come across in the daytime will get forgiven. So after Maghrib I do, in the evening sometime after 6, 7 o'clock, I do a hundred times istighfar. So inshallah my morning to now, all of that gets cleared. Then I do it again in the morning, so all my anything happened in the evening and night, that gets cleared. So once we do that, we purified ourselves, like we're taking a shower. Then after that, we want to now embellish ourselves and attract blessings from Allah and make that plea to Allah. So what we're doing now is we're going to ask, we're going to send blessings on the Prophet ﷺ. So Duru Sharif, Salawat on the Prophet ﷺ, a hundred times. Anyone that you want, pick the shortest one or whatever. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever sends one blessings on me, Allah sends ten blessings on him and we really need that blessing. Okay? So that's number two. Number three, read a bit of Quran every day at least, preferably with meaning. Like I would guarantee that if you can read even one page of the Quran with meaning every day, just reflecting over it, your life will become a lot more focused because that's what the Quran does. It makes you focus because it deals with realities. Whereas all the other entertainment and social media that we're dealing with, it doesn't necessarily deal with reality in terms of the future all the time. Right? So at least read a page or two of the Quran and reflect over it. It is the book of your Lord. It is his speech who is talking to every one of us directly. And that's really, really beneficial to release a lot of emotions from the heart. It is there to uh, orient ourselves, to understand the purpose of this life and to remind us of what really our ultimate goal is. Okay, so um, there you go. Uh, try to attend at least one religious gathering a week because that helps us to get rejuvenated, refreshed, boosted. If you can't do that in physical, in person, because there isn't one available maybe, then I don't mean an ISOC meeting. Those are important, but they're not the same as having a religiously motivated talk, right? Uh, a fiqh class, again, I'm not talking about a fiqh class, although they're very useful and beneficial and necessary. I'm talking about religiously motivating talk. If you can't find one physically, listen to one online. There's multiple things on YouTube and other places, right? So um, that helps to just keep the boost going. And again, if you have a good set of friends, they'll be, um, they'll be, you'll be mutually assisting one another. And inshallah, that is the best policy while you're here because uh, our family is not around. So that's, what, that's where we are. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep up the du'as. Because with du'as, that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts from us and will benefit us. So there you go. That was a bit of a, 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 bit of a hasty coverage, right? I've got a much more in-depth talk on this same subject that I did in some university. I can't remember which one it was, right? That's online, right? So it discusses uh, these things in a bit more depth. So you feel free to go to Zamzam Academy and, and listen to that there for more coverage of that. But I'm going to open it up to questions. So uh, there's two things. When you have goals, number one, there's number of different things you can do in being realistic. There you can have as many things as you want to do and you've got your whole life to do them. So for example, when I graduated, I had 10 ideas in mind. And I knew I can't do all 10 straight away. So know that. 
This is long-term goal, right? So that's the first thing. You can have multiple goals, but that's for your whole life. I also want to do this and that's free. Why should you shortchange yourself by having no goals or very less goals? Have 20 goals for your life. You've got, inshallah, another 40, 50, 60 years to live. So have multiple goals. Now you just have to be realistic and then not become despondent. So don't have a single goal that is such a big goal that you want to achieve, you know, this huge mammoth uh, task. You want to get, uh, get to the end of that within a certain number of years, whereas that's not realistic. Yes, if you think that you've got strategy to, uh, it's very difficult without an example, right? But it's very, uh, but some things you can do. So be realistic. And realistic means that what others have been able to achieve, that's realistic. And you can push yourself a bit more if you think you're special. As long as you can, you can deal with failure. So you have to learn to deal with failure. I've done my best. That's what I could do. I'm not going to give up because of this. So I think part of this whole journey is dealing with failure, carrying, uh, uh, dusting yourself and carrying on to the next project. So in terms of number of things that you want to do in your life, what, how, how do you even determine what to do in your life? For me, I look at role models. I look at other people doing things that I'm really impressed by. So for me in the scholarly world, like that scholar, mashallah, he's you know, started this kind of a school. He's doing this kind of work. He does this or he, he has achieved this. Okay, I want to do all of those things. I know I can't do it all straight away. But I think, alhamdulillah, you'll see that over the next 20, 30 years, one by one, as long as the goals are still there and it'll become adjusted as you go along, you'll be able to achieve all of them. So look at role models, right? Look at role models. And if you can find a mentor that is going to be a real massive boost for your productivity and for you keeping on, on track of what you want to do, but remember, a mentor can't just be, they say, one or twice above you, one or two levels above you, because you'll catch them up very easy if you're, if you're really focused. And then, you know, then they won't have to teach you anything. They say that to find a mentor in the, t in the subjects or area that you want, they have to be 20 times, 20 levels above you. Because they're constantly uh, enhancing and you're constantly learning from them. So if you can find somebody like that, then that's great. But look around for role models. Who impresses you for the good work they're doing? You want to do that work as well. Right? So remember, you make a, you can have an intention to make a lot of money. So you can help in multiple ways, right? So you can actually help with your vocation itself. Remember, there will be two people in community, in the community that are always in demand. COVID or no COVID. Anybody know what those are? I mean, there's multiple, but generally there's two fields. One is a doctor and one is a scholar. Education has to continue. People have questions all the time and people have medical issues all the time, all right? But that's not all you can do with a, I mean, I don't know why I'm talking about medical. I mean, how many of you are in medicine here? Okay, so it's a minority. Uh, well, not a minority, but it's about 30%, uh, about 15, 20%, still good. So if you, uh, and, and in England, you don't make that much money. Uh, for a doctor uh, because I uh, I lived in America for eight years and the doctor's just crazy money there so I've got a student she did hymns with me she memorized the Quran mashallah wonderful girl and then I met her when she was about 21 and she was finishing her emergency medicine I just asked her when you finish this how much are you going to make what's your starting salary $400,000 so why can't do with that money right because there's a lot of stuff you can do with that kind of money right 
America is a different game, but it's a whole bubble in the sense of insurance and all of that kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy. Right? So it's probably a bit better here. But you can also help people with your money. So you have good business ideas. Don't all, you know, business is a tijara. Tijara is a sunnah of the Prophet So consider that as well. Even for the sisters, Amazon, not just Amazon, but a lot of online businesses, right? There's something in front of it. Flexible, you can do a lot of stuff. So don't just think of one thing. You can do multiple things. Could be doing one thing. Could be doing business on the side as well. Tijara is sunnah. Yes. So so look. Unfortunately, I don't think the model is popular enough out there that you can actually do more than one thing. All right. Um, we uh, when I look around, I see people from an Indian background and Pakistani background. And Somali, Eritrean, right? And anybody else I'm not representing here? Malaysian, uh, Bangladesh. Sorry, sorry. Yes, Indian. I, I meant Indian, like that whole subcontinent background. Like, let's just keep it subcontinent. Thank you very much for that, right? So, for a lot of those places, they've never understood to join scholars together with professionalism, right? Whereas it's happening. Might not be happening in Cambridge yet, but it's happening in East London. In a madrasa that I teach in the evening called Imam Zakaria Academy, multiple students who are doing university by day and they're doing a madrasa at night. Students who are doing A-levels by day and they go to madrasa and do the alim course. And then they graduate, you know, from the university. So we have graduates from the master's program from places like UCL, Imperial and other places, PhD. Right? While doing the Alim course, they get the best of both worlds. So I know that they may not have this kind of offering in Cambridge in particular, but there are online options. Always be studying something. Take an online course. So what we've done is we actually set up, I don't know if you know about Rayyan courses. right? Rayyan courses essentially is a place where you can go and on demand you can you you can take multiple courses so it's just this monthly subscription and then you can literally take it as uh, according to how you uh, want to proceed so there is a islamic essentials course now what happens is many of us here this islam that we know was probably taught to us when we were young in the local maktab or by our parents or by the local teacher right which was good enough to carry us here that so you sit here today right it's kept our faith. But majority of us have probably never read a book on Islam, any book on Islam, since that time. How many people here have read any book on Islam, like a Sira book or any other full book on Islam since they've become mature? Uh, except the guys who've been studying all these years, right? So that's just a few, which is really sad. That knowledge was good enough to make our foundation but now we need to look at Islam again with an adult mind and understand that and upgrade ourselves. And we don't do that, right? Or take a course, right? So you either read books or you take courses. So it would really suit, suit us that while we're doing all of this, we also take courses. So we have a, we have a course called uh, the Islamic Essentials Certificate. So what you do is you take 20 very short modules on a bit on hadith, a bit on aqidah beliefs, a bit on uh, seerah, a bit on Islamic history, a bit on fiqh and, and, and so on. So you get a decent, basic understanding on an adult level. And then after that, you can take the more intermediate courses. And 
just we want to be studying Islam throughout our life until our last day. That that's ultimately that's our goal. So even if I've studied formally for this many years since I was eleven until I was uh, uh, twenty-five, and then I did a PhD, master and PhD at the th about the age of thirty, I've still not stopped studying. I want to be constantly updating and learning more as we go along until I die. Because I want to be in the best position, right, with knowledge and practice, inshallah. So that's what you want to do. It never stops. So you can study everything. At least take one lesson or two lessons a week. And it's available now, mashallah. It's available at on demand. And you can even speed it up now. Right, before the shake, you'd have to stay with him for an hour. But now you can actually speed him up if he talks too slow. Double the speed. Oh, I don't get that. Let me just rewind it, rewind it a bit. You understand? So, Alhamdulillah, Allah's made it very easy. So, yeah, that, I think everybody should do that. Okay, so to repeat the question for everybody, um, th it's a very high-pressure uh, environment we're in, especially when it comes to, uh, to tests. And then there's the concept of failure and feeling of dejection and despondency and so on. So, number one, I think we need to understand our mistakes. So, I just dealt with a guy who's doing A-levels. And he doesn't want to wake up in the morning to go to school. Okay, why don't you want to go? Because I slept late. The parent told him at night to go to sleep at 12 o'clock. He said, no, I've got homework. I need to finish it off. So, okay, fine. If that's what you want to do. Next morning, he can't wake up for school. So, then finally, they get him out. And uh, you have to go to school. He said, no, I've recognized what my problem is. I need to uninstall YouTube app. Because I wasted time last night. I shouldn't have been. It just overtook me and, and so on. So I think, number one, we need to cut out the wasting of time. We need to really like understand and budget for this as it, right? So what is my weakness I need to find out? Do I do things last minute or I'm just slow or whatever? The it's very difficult to advise on this because there's multiple variations in people. However, I would say taking good notes from early on and not starting exam preparations at the last minute is really helpful. I used to start my exam preparations about three to four weeks at least in advance. And if it's if it's more than that, you know, do more than that. So then, and then take good notes during that. So then the day before the exam or just before you go in the exam, you've taken enough notes and you can just use those notes for it, right? Um, another thing to help in exams is that if you can find somebody to actually teach what may, uh, your subject matter, that is the most effective way of understanding your subject matter is when you have to teach it. One of the best advices that I got from one really, really major scholar a few months before he passed away, he said, learn your lesson for the next day uh, of today. Learn your lesson for today as though you need to teach it tomorrow. Because then you don't ignore anything because the students are going to ask you. You need to be on top of your game. If, you, if we just adjust that of learning things, really getting it from an earlier on, then we have to do less cramming. And then, of course, we do our best. And if, if we're not so smart and we just don't get it, then... Okay, maybe we need to do something else. Or we keep trying. It just depends on what our level is. And ultimately, if we did our best, then it was just a fluke failure, right? Now we just say, okay, I did my best. We're going to try better next time. But you just have to carry on to the next thing. Adjust and carry on and just start preparation early. I don't know if I've answered your question. Um, there are, yeah, as I said, taking some supplements that calm you down and the stress down like ashwagandha and a few other things like that which just help 
then they might help just to manage it if a person is somebody who gets a bit agitated too quickly or something like that. So there's a lot of naturopathic stuff out there that I would say take benefit from as well, inshallah. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, of assisting people. It's a very glorified path actually. But yeah, you're right. Maybe I don't think we've had probably any workshops on how to practically take your studies and do something with it, right? I don't think that's been a course. Maybe we need to organize a course on that as to whatever field you're in, what are the possible options you have to assist people? So you're right. I think that just gave me an idea, right? There's not enough. But again, I think if we look around to see what other people are doing in those and how they're helping, and mashallah, we've seen many university students like Doctors Without Borders, you know, this all started in university. A lot of this has started in university. University students who got it in their mind, I want to start something. So start something for others, right? And then that will help us to become more productive as well. But first, let's identify what are those things we can do by seeing what others are doing. We compile, have a brainstorming session with a few, uh, you know, with a few individuals and just come out with what can be assisted, you know, what, and ask a few other people and then say, okay, we're going to start with some of this stuff. So uh, I'm definitely going to take that on board, inshallah. So, um, yeah, because when everybody is doing the same, I mean, basically the question is based on what I said earlier, is that how does one stop being so obsessed with the enhancing their grooming and things like that, I'm rewording, right? But still be focused on at least being dignified and at least being respectable. So I think that's what it is. I think uh, one of the things that we have to learn is that our community or all communities, it's all focused on frills and fancy things and they're not productive. Sorry, they're not practical. I'll give you an example. In many weddings, ceremonies, some will just have music. Religious ones won't have music, but they will play nasheed while people are eating. Can anybody tell me why they do that? We're eating and they've got these nasheeds playing. We want to talk to one another. No resistance to nasheed, but why do they play the nasheeds? Just give me a reason, please. Sorry? There's no silence. Everybody's talking. Nobody's listening. Everybody's saying, you know, when you're sitting at a wedding and you're sitting on the table eating, you're talking to one another, right? Uh, it's not boring. You know, people are talking. So why do they put nasheeds on? So, but why do you need music? It's like satisfying the one of the... Satisfying? Nobody's listening to it. It's just the background sound. It's just like I go to Pakistan, into KFC or something, they've got the music blaring. I'm like, they don't have music in KFC in the UK. It, I'm not singling out Pakistan, I'm just saying, you know. It, it's just, people aren't protect. So I'm like, look, if you need the music, I have no problem. If you need flowers, do them. If there's going to serve a very particular, but don't do it for vanity, don't do it for show. Do it because, you know, it's important. So be, produ be practical and there's a word there's a word that's missing be functional so whatever you do for yourself be functional i need to look after myself to a certain degree right i need to brush my teeth i need to make sure my hair is combed if you've got long hair right otherwise you know, that's not good to be disheveled but i don't need to be putting on for example makeup every day because just because i feel self-conscious now how do you deal with that I, i'm not the best person to talk about that if you know if that's part of this deal here but i think the the simple uh, thing that i found in life is be fun so for example let's just say that i got a new house i moved into a house so friends of mine are telling me 
for example, that in your front room, you need to have a feature wall. I was like, why do I need to do that? I said, that's the place where you're going to entertain your guests and so on. So you need a feature wall. And for that, you can get these special wallpapers, special paints, this, that, and the other. I said, I don't have the time for it. I want it functional. So alhamdulillah, my walls are covered with books. So it's all right. I've got multiple feature walls. But what I'm trying to say is that these people will go overboard. So I saw one person is telling me that I made sure that I changed all my sockets, multiple sockets, to these uh, chrome ones. Now I'm wondering why I did that. Do you understand? Be functional. If that serves a purpose, go ahead and do it. If it doesn't serve a purpose, be functional. Get something that functions well. Get the most expensive thing that is functional. If you need an iPad with one terabyte that costs two, uh, uh, 1,500 pounds, go ahead and get one. But don't get it just because it's an Apple product. And you need to show off with it. It's about being functional and practical. So that's what it is now. Just cut out the clutter. Ask others, what do you think about this? Because sometimes we have a threshold which is, you know, artificially created by others. So let's talk to other decent people that we respect, that we value as being productive and functional individuals. And we talk to them and we say, what do you think? Where do you think the line is? Right? That's always going to be a bit of a struggle. But ultimately, I think if you keep this mind, is this functional? Is this practical or is am I just being vain and show off for no reason? So I think, inshallah, that, that, that's helped me a lot, by the way. That's helped me a lot. Just be functional. And if that means you spend a lot of money, do so. If you've got the money, of course, right? That doesn't mean be a cheapskate. We're not talking about, you know, uh, saving money here. We're talking about just being functional, not wasting your money and not showing off. Jazakallah khair, Allah bless you on in whatever studies that you're doing. Uh, medicine or otherwise and um, inshallah we'll see you again one day in life and if you have any questions uh, meaning uh, based on what I said later on I've got a public number uh, on the Zamzam Academy website on the contact us page so feel free to call me sometime in the evening is probably best if you want to discuss something right uh, regarding your occupation or what you want to do in life or your some of the challenges you may be having inshallah will help you and again go to Rayyan Courses uh, Rayyan courses for um, you can sign up there and take the courses and start your education journey if you can find something physical somewhere with a physical scholar to study that's even better but at least this is when the sunlight is oh, we use artificial lights so that it's a, you know we do the best that we can in our situation and have a higher motive for what you're doing and what you're doing is just going to be part of the higher motive inshallah and you'll be successful here you'll be successful there so, inshallah, you got a higher motive now, inshallah, all of us. Right? It needs just some thinking, inshallah, reorientation. Allah bless us all. Allah accepts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of 
most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.